your hosts have earned a reputation as fierce and effective advocates inside and outside of the courtroom. Both partners are experienced trial attorneys who have been board certified in family law by the Texas Board of Legal Specialization. All right. Well, thanks for tuning into For Better, Worse, or Divorce podcast, where we provide you tips and insight of how to navigate divorce and child custody situations. I'm Jake Gilbreth. I'm one of the managing partners of Walters Gilbreth. And today we thought it would be interesting or a good idea to have a former client of mine, uh, Hoyd Breton, on, who has been so nice to work out the scheduling with us. He'll be, he'll be the first one to say that I was difficult and I feel bad. And he told me to stop apologizing, but I feel bad how difficult it was to to schedule this. But I want to sort of, you know, talk through things with Hoyd and his experiences. So Hoyd, without further ado, we never had to go to court in your case, but I'm going to start like we would if we were in court. What's your name and what do you do for work? My name is Hoyd Breton and for work, I'm a software designer. What is software design? Tell me somebody who's a poli-sci major and stuck being a lawyer. What do you do as a software designer? So essentially it's like uh, within the scope of the business, trying to define what could be helpful tools to add to the business that would be valuable for our customers. And so it goes all the way from like engaging with current customers and doing user research to understand their needs and any opportunities, then creating prototypes to see if like the designs are meeting those needs. And then once there's confirmation and direction, then it's actually like scoping it out and defining it in terms of engineering. Love it. All stuff that is way over my head. My brain just does not work that way. I always, I think I've said on the podcast, and I, maybe I told it to you or not, but I have a real limited skill set. If people stop getting divorced, I'm in a lot of trouble because there's not much more I can do. But, you, you know, your future is bright, my friend. <laughs> yeah, that, that seems to be the case. So, but, well, so talk to us about how did you and I meet? What was going on when you called me? So, I was looking for a partner to handle divorce that was super diligent and precise and had experience and also was focused on like in family law. And so I did some deep dives on Google and Reddit and everywhere and your name came up as well as some others. And after interviewing you and some others, I really felt great about what, like what this could entail. Yeah. I'm super happy. I chose you as, as my partner in this journey, you know? Well, that's, that's interesting you say partner. I like that a lot. And I think that you're the first person I've heard refer to it that way. And I may be stealing that just so you know, but why, why do you say partner? Most people say I was looking to hire a lawyer. I need somebody to represent me. I need somebody to handle my divorce. I've heard all those. Why do you say partner? Because I really feel like the process, it's not a passive one. And so you're the professional, you know, the law, but then I can't just go into the situation in some naive fashion, right? And so I need to educate myself. And then it, it creates like much richer volleys when we have conversations in terms of what's realistic, what's fair objectively for both parties. So I just feel like it just required engagement. And so, uh, yeah, the partnership felt more fitting. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. I, I like that because, you know, it's, I'm sure I talked your ear off about it whenever I, I was your partner. Although we're still partners, right? I still... Yeah, we're still rocking. <laughs> yeah, your case is done, but I want to know what's going on. And I want to know what's going on with your kiddo and everything. So 
you know, when I was your partner and doing all this, I guess, talk to me about, you know, I know we've had this conversation some and with some clients, they, they'll talk to you about it, some won't, but just, you know, communication and stuff like that. I think you and I had conversations like what we do well, what we could do better. But first of all, like how important, what were you looking for? What were you looking for? What were you expecting? And what did you kind of discover about communication when it, when it comes to having a lawyer represent you and work with you through this process? Essential. Uh, like it's, it's so essential because <laughs> like earlier in the process, I would find myself asking myself questions and I'm not the professional. So I would want to feel the questions with you and having, but making progress on solving those or answering those questions just allows me to go further to the next step. So without having proper communication or frequent communication, I feel like the process just lingers. And I feel like our flow, our process was pretty like buttoned up and like expedient. Like I feel like we took care of business and it was like in a speedy fashion, but still diligent, you know? Yeah, I remember that about, you know, it's something that we're passionate about too, is communication, everything. I mean, I'll, I'll be frank, what I remember about representing you too is, you know, there was a time, let's say if we, we weren't diligent, you know, I was in court or maybe I missed an email or something like that. You first would say, hey, respond to the email. I was like, oh, crap. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Here's the email. like that, Which is sometimes all we want, right? It's just the shoot me a text, you know, like, hey, let's let's get on and actually talk about this. Which from the lawyer's perspective is really helpful, right? I have so many, uh, not so many, but I have some clients, which I get it. I mean, they've hired me to do it, but they're just, it's almost like we had to stalk them, you know, to get information or explain the process and stuff like that, which I totally get. I mean, I've been through a divorce. The last thing that you want is a phone call from your divorce lawyer. It's really never good news because at the end of the day, you're still going through a divorce. So it's like talking to a doctor. You know, you may be like your doctor and stuff, but it's it's rare that it's just, you know, great news. Now, on balance, you know, it's good to be able to say when there's positive progress in a case and everything. But point being is, you know, it's when I had to sort of stalk clients or sort of track them down or try to, you know, explain the process and stuff like that, where I feel like I'm bugging them, you know, that can be an extreme on the other end that's difficult for the relationship. So I really did appreciate that about it. And, you know, frankly, as a lawyer, it actually makes me feel like I'm helping, right? If you actually want to understand the process, right? It's like, why is it that, you know, possession access works this way? Why is it that child support works this way? It's, you know, one of the reasons why we do this podcast is sort of talk about it. So it's not just, you know, some lawyers, I think, have the approach of it is that way because it is. And because I said it is and I'm the professional and you just just do what I tell you to do. And I do think it's more of a guidance situation. What was kind of when you were shopping around for law firms? I mean, don't give me names or anything, but what attracted you as far as, you know, who you decide to interview and then kind of what was appealing about other law firms and not appealing and kind of same for us? I would say like concentration and practice. I found like some some divorce attorneys, they uh, covered a lot of different ground. And I really wanted to focus in family law because I would imagine if you spend most of your time within a certain concentration, uh, you have a bit more experience, right? So that was one layer. Another one was a sense of like, Definitely professionalism, but also uh, the resources. I felt like there were some resources around your firm that felt like they were really like helpful and informative and supportive. And yeah, that was really attractive. But that was all to just first make that initial list of conversations. And it's truly in the conversation that 
that's where like the hunch gets either confirmed or rejected, you know? Yeah. It's like getting a good review for something. You may go, it, it's going to click or not. I always say it's kind of like finding a therapist too. It's, it needs to be the right click. Some people don't click. Some people do. Well, tell me if I'm digging too personal, but talk to me about, like I said, I've been through a divorce. It's not fun. But as far as the process and everything, what kind of, I guess, surprised you about the process, if anything? And then what was some of the most difficult stuff to deal with, just as somebody going through a divorce? The most difficult is, is like, there are two things that are coupled. There's, like, one thing is the emotional, like, kind of breaking apart of a relationship that, in my case, it was around, like, eight years. So that makes it very hard to then, at the same time, think about like legal matters and logistical matters. Uh, so I would say like the emotional aspect itself was one of the most challenging experiences I ever like have gone through in my, right now I'm 37 years old and that's like the, that takes the cake by far. But then to add another layer of like the legal and logistical matters, that's a really intense situation for sure. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I've, I've referenced that on this podcast before too, is just when people ask me about my divorce, they said, well, I assume you represented yourself. Like, hell no, I'm not going to represent. It's like, I can't think straight myself, you know, going through this process. It was, it's just not fun, right? It's just every single divorce is different. They all have their different levels of difficulty, but I wasn't in the right state of mind. And I do this, you know, I only do family law. I had been doing it for some time when going through my divorce and I was not in a position to where I would be making a rational decision, not the right way of putting it. I was just able to sort of process the information and feed myself the information at the same time. I needed a partner that I, you know, had in my divorce sort of going through it because it affects your decision making. And that's interesting about, I hope I struck the right balance in your case, but, you know, as far as practicing family law and everything, it's on the one hand, my job is to give you the dry advice of, you know, hey, Hoy, this is how possession schedules work in the state of Texas. And this is how child support works in the state of Texas. This is how we do property division. But at the same time, be able to look and go, this really sucks, right? Or, you know, hey, this is looking better. This is great. This is, you know, we're moving on. You are something in between. But, you know, what's as somebody going through it, were you looking, I guess, did you have a preference? You just the sort of the dry, here's the, I mean, you are an engineer, right? Here's the dry if this, then that, or are you kind of looking for more in, in your partner? I think a little blend, like 80-20. So 80% 80 being like the professional and like brass tacks. And then a little bit of 20% of like empathy, you know, I think it's helpful, right? Uh, and I think also like could get calibrated based on the recipient because different folks have different needs, right? But overall, I think at the end of the day, like you're here to be my partner and represent me and provide me the best legal guidance possible. So like that is the essentials, right? It's just like it requires a little bit of bedside manners when somebody's going through a very rough time emotionally, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's not always the best at it. We do try to. And yeah, it doesn't need to be the other extreme where I'm just sitting there crying with you, right? And just <laughs> it's like you want to say it's like, yeah, it's it's okay. And and we've also talked about that in the podcast is at the end of the day, I think clients want to hear like, it's gonna be okay. It's not fun all the time. You know, it is a difficult situation. You're breaking up. A lot of times you're breaking up with somebody that's very close to you, very important. You know, your kids are involved. You're like me. Like you and I both start crying talking about our kids. But you know, you're talking about your kid and everything. But you know, at the same time too, we need to 
yeah, move forward. And, and what I sort of I always describe is sort of make business decisions. Even when it comes to our kids, we have to make business decisions. You know, we can be emotional, but then we have to sort of, you know, put on our adult pants and figure out well, what are we going to do? And that's, again, no different than a doctor. On the one hand, a doctor needs to be able to say, okay, these option A, B, C, it's not fun that you're talking to me, but these are your options and here's what we're going to do. And we're going to get you through it. So in your case, uh, I guess, tell us, we were, able to, we were able to resolve it without going to court, which is always, as somebody who tries cases all day, every day, I, I still preach that that's the best thing to do is have these things resolved where you're kind of in control of your own fate. But what was that like? You know, that moment where you're done, you sign it, and that kind of the, the process stops. The relief, even though it was... It was quite a journey to get there because I, I don't know if you recall, but like we promoted uh, mediation and then it was accepted at some point. And the terms we arrived at in mediation were ultimately rejected by the other party. But then that's essentially those are the terms that we agreed on, like in the final settlement. But it took months later and thousands of dollars later. Right. So it's at the like high altitude, like macro level. It's definitely a relief, right? But it's still a puzzle in my mind. I try not to revisit it often, but like when we dodge logic and like in emotional situations, sure, they're supercharged and it could blur logic, right? But like, dang, if there are certain terms in terms of the law, it just seems strange to kind of fantasize for other conclusions, you know? Yeah, I get that. I mean, the... There's that feeling sometimes without going to specific details, we just want to kind of, you know, metaphorically shake the other side and just go, I'm being rational. I'm working really hard to be rational and reasonable. I'm actually making compromises that I never thought I would make. And then somebody that I share a life with or share a child with or both, it's like, you're not meeting me here. That's That can be really frustrating. And yeah, it's the, I, yeah I do remember that about your case and then us having to sit there and go and it did cause a delay but just say this is the deal right this is a good deal this is what Hoyt's willing to do this is what makes sense for him and his kiddo and y'all moving forward and that's the deal y'all and I do tell me if I'm sharing too much but that's you know you being willing to say I want to compromise I want to get resolved but I'm not going to do something silly and we'll be here and when y'all are ready to meet us as I recall your case settling yeah and then and then it did and, but that's frustrating, right? It's like, why couldn't we have done this? I'm going to hope that you like spending time with me, but it probably wasn't fun paying me. And we could have done it, you know, three months, four months earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And like, at the same time, I also try to put on my empathy hat too, right? Because the other person, like, they're not doing it necessarily because they enjoy the process and they want, want to drag it on, right? They're doing it because they believe that, they're not getting a fair shake, right? So it's it's super challenging trying to be empathetic while also like looking at the actual, like reviewing the logic and just at the end of the day, it's not computing. But ultimately we concluded the situation in a way that I believe was fair for, for, for both parties. And even if it wasn't, I mean, we both agreed to it. So I believe that there was a sense of, of fairness, you know? Yeah, they can go off and be rock star dad. So, all right. Well, I didn't tell you I was going to ask this, but I'm going to put you on the spot. What could we do better? Because <laughs> it is helpful. The best reviews are the five-star glowing reviews of you guys are awesome. You knocked it out of the park. 
the most helpful ones are the ones that go, you guys did a good job, but here's what I would do different if I were you. I enjoyed how you and I don't know if she was like your assistant. I enjoyed the expectation setting. However, like early in the process, but the brackets were very wide. And so I understand why the brackets were very wide in terms of setting those expectations, because you don't want to set up false expectations, right? It does generate a lot of, excuse me, anxiety when the brackets are very wide, irregardless of what it's respective to, you know? And so I wonder like, hey, like, so please be mindful that every case is unique. However, we had a case that we have three cases that are kind of akin to yours and without divulging details, obviously, but like sharing a little bit of like a little bit more specifics in terms of some results with those cases. And again, bookending it with like, again, like every case is unique and we cannot guarantee any results. Right. But I do think like I think that would have provided a little bit more comfort grounding expectations in and to whatever legally possible extent you could go, but grounding it in actual cases instead of very wide generic brackets. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. I am going to have to sort of take that and sort of think about how to incorporate that because it is, I mean, I try to acknowledge it's got to be a huge frustration for clients because the practice of law in general is kind of this, it depends, or we'll see, or maybe. It's actually something, I think I may have shared this with you, maybe not, but it's, I always say, I mean, to make a stereotype, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it. You know, I always say that in, lawyers drive engineers nuts the most, right? Because engineers are used to hearing if A happens, then B is going to be the result. And then if B happens, then C is going to be the result. Like that's what happens. And that's, you need to be able to provide that to, you know, to Squarespace, for example. Hey, if you guys do this, this is what you're going to see. And then for lawyers, it's the, well, maybe depends on what judge we get. And what if this judge surprises me and I'm not positive. And I mean, even something as simple as child support, right? Hey, what's my child support going to be? Well, it should be this number. But in some instances, the court can go above guidelines. And, you know, it depends on the needs of the child. And this judge is a little high, but this one's not. But, you know, but uh, now I'm doing it where I need to just talk and sort of spew information. Because the other extreme, right? So one extreme is just totally vague. You know, Hoyt, I don't know. It's crazy down at that courthouse and these judges are all crazy and I don't know what's going to happen and we just got to, you know, button down the hatches and, and hope for the best, right? That's one extreme, which obviously isn't helpful. The other extreme is never trust a lawyer who sits there and gives you a guarantee and just sits there and goes, no way, no how is that ever going to happen down at the courthouse. No way is judge so-and-so. This is a side story, but, but you remember me, I just like to ramble. When the best lessons I got as a trial lawyer from a, from a lawyer named John Barrett, who's retired now. And this was back when I was Jim Piper's associate. I don't know if you got a chance to meet Jim when you were working with us, Hoyd, but Jim's are of counsel now, but I was working for Jim. I was a two-year lawyer. And those listening who know Jim will appreciate that Jim back then could sometimes be a bit animated, could sometimes be a bit forceful with opposing counsel. And uh, and we were sitting there in John's office. Jim and John are close, close friends. And we got this case. And John's side's a little ridiculous. I mean, we really are going to go kick their ass in court. And John got on as the second lawyer for the dad. So it wasn't really his fault. But, you know, it was going to happen. And Jim was all worked up about this case. And we're in John's office. We're kind of 
just sort of talking. And then this case comes up. And Jim, kind of in classic Jim faction, just sits there and starts going, you know, I can't, you know, this position your guy's taking is just ridiculous. And I'm going to get attorney's fees. John, your client's going to pay attorney's fees. And the judge was a guy named Mark Silverstone. Judge Silverstone, no way is Judge Silverstone going to give you what you want. I'm going to go get attorney's fees. And Jim was a lot more animated than I was just then telling him. And John just calmly looks over at me and goes, maybe. And Jim changed on a dime. Like he just, he calmed down and he looked at me and said, that is the best lesson you will ever get as a trial lawyer. It's maybe, but maybe not. So we, we're so scared, right? We're, what if I tell Hoyd, don't worry, buddy. It's never going to happen. The one if you're that one in 50 where it does. You know, what if I just jinxed you? <laughs> yeah, and I'm definitely not advocating for that. But like, so scenario A is like, oh, regarding this thing, it's generally between X and Y. And X and Y is significant, right? You could still say that, but scenario B is like, generally it's between X and Y. I had two cases recently within the same district or whatnot that one resulted in this direction and one resulted in this direction. But it's just kind of informative because the range is abstracted from actual human and a, a case that happened. But whenever you're able to refer to, whatever, again, whatever's legally possible, to some detail of something that happened recently, given like the recent conditions of things, then that, that kind of like, it's not something that one should get attached to and then you could kind of ensure the client doesn't get attached to that, right? But I do think it finds it's a bit helpful. I think that's right. I like that term brackets too. I mean, again, sort of the doctor analogy, right? I probably wouldn't like it if I went and talked to my doctor and said, you know, you've been diagnosed with this. And I say, well, what's that mean? They go, shit, I don't know. (laughs) Or you've been diagnosed with this, right? And there's like a 20 to 80% chance of this thing happening. However, we had one patient that had this result and then another patient that had this result. And that just starts kind of really like humanizing the polarity, the the poles of things. It just feels a bit easier to hold, you know? I like that. Hey, this is my favorite part of the uh, our conversation and I sprung it on you. So thanks for sharing with that. So I'm actually going to wrap us up on that because I think that's a great, and I'm going to take that to heart. So for those listening, if you like what you heard today, do us a favor and leave a review. We appreciate all feedback, especially when it helps us better the podcast. And if you're interested in speaking to our firm, you can, of course, find us at waltersgilbreth.com. You can email us at podcast at waltersgilbreth.com. Thanks for listening. For information about the topics covered in today's episode and more, you can visit our website at waltersgilbreth.com. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of For Better, Worse, or Divorce, where we post new episodes every first and third Wednesday. Do you have a topic you want discussed or a question for our hosts? Email us at podcast at waltersgilbreth.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time.